Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fantasy uh, Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shawnee. Hi, Shawnee. Hi, Bridget. Bridget, I am so happy because we got a new friend who is helping edit the podcast. Hi, Sophia. Hi, Sophia. And she's amazing. I'm very happy that she's with us. She's actually Mm -hmm. a friend of Jane's. So it's like it's like a sweet Jane. It's like a little family. It just worked out so well. It's like a little family. I love it. So thanks, yeah. Jane. Good looking out. Um, and also yes, we got yes. Jane on the line over here. How you doing, Jane? Hi. I'm very happy. Uh, Sophia is working out because it's very convenient for <laughs> me. <laughs> well, that's what we want, Jane. We just want you to have a convenient life as our producer. <laughs> All right, well, today we're talking about Burn For Me by Alana Andrews, our second most requested book of the fantasy season. Um, Actually, when we were interviewing Miss Beverly Jenkins, she told us that we should read this book on the podcast. And obviously, we had to do exactly what Beverly Jenkins said, because she is a queen. And I'm just going to go out ahead in this intro and tell you she wasn't wrong. Spoiler alert, we liked this book. We did. Or at least I did. I like this book. (laughs) I liked it a lot. And so, I just want to get into it. Let's get it popping. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. As we said, we are reading Burn For Me by Alana Andrews. Guys, this is book number one of the Hidden Legacies book. I will tell you up front, this shit is not standalone. There is no HEA. At the end of this book, it is a series following the same characters or in fantasy romance, of course. Shawnee, talk to us about the narrator. How was the audiobook? Uh, the narrator was fine. I actually didn't pay any attention to the narrator, which is great. Means nailed it. Solid. Nailed it. Solid. <laughs> Crushed it. What did you think of the cover? Because I had a lot I of thoughts about how I hated this cover so much. a terrible much. cover. It's a terrible cover. I I don't understand. So the cover like undoes any sort of delicious sexiness that I envision of the couples in this book. Like the Mm -hmm. Mad Rogan, like the name of the, just Mm -hmm. like the term Mad Rogan gives you this like really like mysterious kind of creepy, crazy Mm -hmm. vibe. And again, they gave us a Brad. What is Mm -hmm. this on the cover? I don't know who this is. Just because he has some weird Mm -hmm. dog tag doesn't make him like hot or nothing like well, you also, know who he looks yeah, like also like that yo he looks like balky he looks like balky from the that show when we were kids with the two dads that had like the kids do you remember balky i don't i, I don't remember. did not watch that show <laughs> <laughs> i obviously did not watch that show um i here's my my few problems is one this cover feels more like action romance to me with the dog tags and stuff than like fantasy romance where there's going to be magic. Like I didn't get the feeling that we were going to have magic. Yeah. And then also that cover to me says H E A. Like he's got no shirt. She's like cuddled up next to him. So like that cover to me says like, Oh, this is going to be like a classic sort of H E A at the end, which is obviously not the case for this book. And I wish the, like this is the original book cover from 2014. And I wish they were updating it. Well, I saw... And doing a re-release or something. I saw on Goodreads, people have been posting the rejected cover. And I'm like, the rejected cover is so much better. It's not, like, perfect, but it's so much better. Because she has, like, lightning coming out of her hands. He looks more like James Bond. He's got, like, a suit 
like a suit on and shit and like a little kind of oh, pompadour cool. hair or whatever. He just looks a little bit cooler for me. But like uh-huh. all in all, I thought she was a badass like uh, character. And so they mm-hmm. have her looking like Suki from True Blood with this off the shoulder <laughs> lace lace shirt <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> she does. Look at her. She looks like Suki. Tell me she don't look like Suki. <laughs> She does kind of look like Suki. Yeah, she looks like a sultry Mings who's like in some sort of duress and he's like the big, strong, again, action romance hero who's going to save her, which is just not at all. And like the rest of the series, they're also like, I don't know if you saw this one, this like white hot one. It's like they're in snow or something in a snow cave. I don't know what's happening. I always take my shirt Um, off in a snow cave. (laughs) <laughs> I do too. Um, anyways, I, I I feel like that cover will turn off a lot of people, especially people who really like the fantasy mm-hmm. romance versus it being like more heavily romance. Cause this book had, I thought a really good like world building foundation. I thought the magic user like levels and stuff were really interesting. I liked, again, like you already mentioned, she's a badass. I liked her character. I liked her family, like the sort of like, quirkiness of all of them so i wish the cover was better i i someone on goodreads wrote this and i completely agree and they even did a breakdown of the cover like like a really like they wrote i'm giving you the peen face you know half naked woman structurally unsound dress you know like the the cover of this made me think that this book was going to be a little like fluffier like a fluffier type of read and raunchier you know? like yeah fuck yeah exactly and that's just not what i got i do i actually enjoyed what i got but the cover was belongs mm-hmm. to a different book agreed for sure okay well let me tell the people a little bit of the synops and we can tell you what it's about so nevada is our main character and she gets coerced into going after adam pierce a prime the highest rank of magic user her small private detective agency isn't equipped to handle a case like this, but to keep her family's assets and biz from getting snatched by their overlords, i.e. Adam's family firm, she agrees. She's crashed headlong into Mads Rogan, a powerful notorious prime from a different ruling family who's looking for his nephew and suspects that Nevada can help. After he kidnaps her and she resists his torture, he decides to ask for her help and they team up to save Houston from destruction. That's what the book's about. <laughs> Good read, Britt. Good read. Thank you. Thank you. I wrote that myself. Um, I like I, I for me, like the last two books, as you guys have already listened to, did not work. And I love fantasy. Yeah. And just from the prologue of this book, I was like, oh, shit. OK, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I was like, she like quickly went through like the rules of the world. Like there's all these different levels of magic users, the ruling families do arranged marriages to try to like boister their magical legacies and get even more powerful children who then end up ruling. And like the entire world is no longer divided into like what we would consider like modern day countries. It's all subdivided into territories that are ruled by special, like different families. And I thought that was so cool. Like what a great foundation of, changing history just a little like oh we added this magical serum and then it caused a spike of power throughout people's family bloodlines yeah and here we are and today and like she has magic but only a little bit of magic and her family hid it from everyone so that she wouldn't be like used as an interrogator 
Like I, I was in for it. I liked the beginning. I like the premise of the book. And that I I liked her character. I like I like the stakes that she has, like, oh, you know, this mm-hmm. company owns her company. I like the I like that they were like, hey, you owe us, so we're gonna send you on like a death mission because we don't wanna do it. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> I like that the book started that way. The stakes were high for me. Yeah. I was like, Okay, yeah. where's this going? So high. Yeah. Yeah. And they like really if she were fails, yeah. she she either dies or her family loses their business, their house, all their wep- all their vehicles, all their weapons, all their technology. Like they literally get thrown on the street with nothing. And she has like multiple siblings that she takes care of and her mom and grandma. And she's kind of like the breadwinner, her probably her and her grandma are kind of the breadwinner. And she runs this agency and it says like, they're like, oh, on paper, it looks like you have She's like, what are you talking about? My siblings are like 15 and they're on our payroll. Yeah. Like, I don't have the power to go after this person by myself. <laughs> I also liked that she was like incredibly competent mm-hmm. and smart because she even says at the beginning, she th- the story of her opens with her on like a regular sort of adultery stakeout where she's filming this guy who's cheating on his wife. And the wife comes to confront him and then he like goes cold. And so she like steps in so the wife can get away from him. So he doesn't do anything. And she's like, normally I'd run. I'm all for running. I'm not like trying to be all buff and like, I'm going to take a stand. She's like, hell no. If I have the option to run, I run. (laughs) I'm like, oh, oh, a smart lady. Okay. I like this. And I liked, I really just liked how they set up her character that she was like willing to do what she had to, to protect her family. And she knew even if she died, which would be terrible, like she has an insurance policy and her family would keep the business and be okay. And like she, when Mads kidnaps or when Mads kidnaps her and then is torturing her to try and get her to tell him all she knows, yeah. she's like, oh, this is a battle of wills. She's like, won't you bite me, motherfucker? <laughs> like, this, is a, this isn't about magic. This is about if I'll break and I'll never break. And I was like, oh, I like her. I like her. I like that scene uh, a lot. I like when when uh, Mad Rogan uh, steals her and he's trying to break her mind and she's just like not allowing mm-hmm. it. And so like the next time mm-hmm. he comes, he's like, okay, let's meet up. And she's like, no. Yeah. I, no. I love that she was like, no, I'm not going to meet up with yeah. you. You kidnapped me. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a terrible idea. You know, I don't even have to dig mm-hmm. that deep into my intuition to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah and and even though like i would have like they don't actually have sex in this book they share like a couple steamy kisses and that's it and even though like obviously i like the nookie i was happy that her character didn't because even at the end she's like no dude you kidnapped and tortured me yeah. and like you don't care about people and you only apologize when you think it'll gain you something and like you don't actually love your employees. You just do it to get their undying loyalty. Like yeah. she's like listening to all these things. And she's like, I think you're a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, that was, like, like, that was one hot. of my favorite. The sex would be banging, yeah. but I don't think so. That was one of my favorite. That was like one of my favorite quotes from the book because I, one, I didn't realize that this was a, like there was going to be another book. So I was like, mm-hmm. is this book going to end with her being like, nah, bitch, you, you was crazy. Like, is that, is that where it, <laughs> cause I was, I was okay with that. I was very much okay yeah. with it not having a happily ever after because I'm like, yeah, she stated her boundaries and where, <laughs> and where mm-hmm. he was lacking and why she was not choosing him. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, thank you. Why is that so yes. like, like, <laughs> 
Well, it was so true to her character. It would have yeah. been so weird if at the end she was like, okay, I will run off into the sunset with you. Like, that would have been such a weird twist. Yeah. He also, Which, again, he also like, was like, come with me. He wasn't like, he didn't he didn't give her no yeah. romantic words. He was like, come with me no. now. I gave you a week to your family. Yeah. Come with me now. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> she has a business to run. She'll not have time for yeah, your nonsense. She'll have time for that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So I did like, the small glimpses that we saw of him not only lusting after her, but also like recognizing her intelligence and trying to figure her out. So like she would say like, you can't just kill them. And he's like, but why? And he's like really trying to understand her point of view. He's like, yeah, but she, what if she had killed you? Then like, would you have killed her? And she's like, well, yeah, but I didn't know if she would try that. You know what I mean? Like she's like (laughs) trying to explain like regular people and morality to him. And he's like, I liked that he actually tried and kept asking questions and kept like yeah. he really wanted to understand. You, you know what's funny because where she was coming from, which I liked about him. Yeah, so I like that a lot, and it it really reminds me on some level of my partner, right? So he's he's a very loving human, mm-hmm. but he's very he's more hyper literal than I am. I didn't know I could meet somebody. <laughs> more more literal than me but like if somebody's in a situation like say like an abusive situation where one person is abusing the other um he he's like oh no they Mm -hmm. then they're going to leave now that's going to happen they're going to pick up and go and i'll be like well no there's other factors at play there's these kind of nuances to that scenario that might not that might not play out and he's like i don't i don't understand and like everything there's a lot of things in life that are like that for him where it's just really cut and dry and he doesn't Mm -hmm. have the necessarily always the ability to understand like uh, those other varying emotions that might drive like behind mm-hmm. something and i always have to be like uh, i'm like i'm the the so the socially neurodivergent one <laughs> but i have better social skills <laughs> slightly not not that much but slightly <laughs> i just i yeah it makes sense because obviously everyone <laughs> interprets the world differently in his case he's been powerful and rich and you know dangerous his whole life and he got sent like his backstory is that he got sent to fight in the war at like 17 and they picked him because he's such a strong telekinetic that he can like literally topple an entire city yeah like by himself and kill everyone and so they eventually didn't even need him to fight they just brought him in as like a deterrent and everyone was like okay okay he's like a nuclear bomb he's gonna like level your city and you know, at 17 to have people, and obviously as a child as well, but like at 17 to have people treating you that way, like knowing that you are more powerful than they will ever be literally, but also like family money and connections and that you can get them fired or you can kill them and no one will blink an eye has sort of warped his reality of what is like quote unquote normal. Yeah. And acceptable because in his world, he's like, it's fine. Like no one's, what's no one's going to like come after me if I kill this person. It's not (laughs) a big deal. And she's like, uh, it is a big deal. They're a person. You can't just kill people willy nilly. Well, there was like, Um, there was like two instances in the book where like, I think it was peaches is the person's name where he killed mm -hmm. peaches, but he was like, if I didn't kill peaches, I was going to have to kill a lot more people. So it really made more sense for me just to nip it right Mm -hmm. here at peaches. And then look, we're great. (laughs) I was like, I mean, he's not wrong. (laughs) You know? Yeah, they went into that, that like, gang-infested, like, very, very dangerous part that no crimes are really kind of controlling. And Peaches was the crime lord who was, like, giving them gruff. He literally <laughs> dropped, like, a building on him and killed him <laughs> or a car or something. 
and just squash like splat. He has like, a really good line in oh, that yeah, part tell us, too. Jane, do you remember it? Oh, I have. Yeah, I've written down. That's <laughs> the one part I like. Tell us. Uh, he kills Peaches, and everyone's like shocked. And he goes, "Now we know." Mad Morgan said, his voice cold. I'm in charge. I'm in charge of you. I'm in charge of the guy next to you. I'm in charge of the ground you're standing on. When I'm gone, I don't care who's in charge. When I leave here, you can fight and kill each other over who's running things while I'm not here. But let's be clear. When I'm here, when you see me, I'm in charge. It's like, okay. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Okay. Got it. (laughs) And there was like- No arguments from this corner of the gallery. (laughs) Got it. Noted. (laughs) Um, And then there was this other instance, which I thought- like, I, you know what? I enjoyed this book because there was a lot of fucked up stuff in it. And I like books with fucked up stuff in it, as long as it works for the story. So there's one point where they need to mm-hmm. get information out of this girl. And he basically mm-hmm. says, like, oh, she'll tell us anything because essentially the world has put so much pressure on her to get married that I'm mm-hmm. one of the few people that is eligible to marry her. So she's desperate. So she'll just show up because I know she's desperate. And I was like, damn, mm-hmm. that's cold. That's so cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because her family's bloodlines were diminishing in power. And so no one would marry her because they would know that that would mean that their kid would diminish in power from their bloodlines. So she's like a pariah of the powerful families. But then he also like chokes her with her own sweater. And she and Nevada's like, I will put a bullet in your thigh if you do not let her go right now. And he's like, he's all sincere. He's like, but why would you shoot me? She's the one we need. She's the bad one. I'm not doing anything. And she's like, let her go or I'm shooting you. And he's so confused. He's like, but I'm on your side. Why are you shooting me? <laughs> so funny. Um, I thought his character, like, I thought he was, like, remarkably consistent as well in terms of, like, who he was. Yeah. But I also thought he was showing, like, baby steps of, of like – slightly more understanding and trying to do things she would want. And then also like, I liked that he paid attention when she talked and like, she said something about like, Oh, I love carnations. And he like brings a a bouquet of carnations. Like I liked that he paid attention to her and like remembered her, what she said to him, it's which I always enjoy. It's interesting because part part of me thinks, and then he also bought her like five thousand dollars worth of carnations yeah. and set them all up in, <laughs> outside her window. And I was like, "See, that's that's what she's talking about. That's- Bringing a bouquet is a regular person thing to do. <laughs> Buying five thousand dollars worth and setting it up overnight is a rich billionaire, crazy person thing to do." <laughs> like. It's a fine line between romantic and creepy. Fine line oh, between romantic and nuts. You know, and g- generally, <laughs> sometimes it's like related to how hot you are, and that's kind of fucking sad. But sometimes it is. Yeah, I mean, she said that he was super hot, yeah. so I'm um, I'm down for that. But uh, I okay, yeah, and also okay, Shani, let's talk about his ability to touch her and like give her pleasure without actually touching her let's talk a little bit about his some of his man well, let's talk girl. about it let's talk about it <laughs> let's talk about it okay so you guys he he describes it as like essentially being able to like give her sensations without so she describes it as like feeling it on her neck or fire down her spine or feeling it like grab her breast or going lower and i was like oh shit that is hot as sin because you don't know where they're touching. You don't know where the sensation will come from. And then it's like a feedback loop. So the like more aroused she gets, the more aroused he gets because he's getting her arousal back. And I was like, 
Oh, that's combustible. I said, I hope, <laughs> I hope we get some of that, this, this book. And they had one more hot kiss, but I was like, I can't wait until they bone in book two or three or whenever they bone. And I'm gonna and need I them can... to bone because like that's the one thing where I was like, so I enjoyed the book without the boning. I actually really did. Yes. However, I still want there to be boning. Like that, that doesn't go away. <laughs> I'm like, you mean I gotta read a whole nother book just to get to the boning? I don't I don't know if I'll commit to that. Like, I don't think I'm gonna read I don't think I'm gonna read the next book in this series because now I don't know if there's boning in book two. It might be in book three. You're not gonna trick me. Like <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna trick me. <laughs> Hilarious. So I will read book two because I really like the story of it, but I'm not reading book two for the boning, to your point. I'm reading book two just because I think it'll be interesting and like well written. Um Obviously, if I want to just read Boning, I will pick up some like one shots, you know, like Your Dad Will Do by Katie Robert, which is one of my favorites. Oh, we love Katie Robert. Guys, check it out. It's a novella. It's amazing. And also just in general, um, lots of the other books that we've read have had some real sexy scenes. And I don't need to. This I would read just because I like fantasy. And I think the magic of the world is super cool. And I'm enjoying where like I'm enjoying like the steam definitely and the tension definitely built like very consistently throughout the book. Yeah. Um. And like one of my favorite quotes was um, the reality slammed into me like a train. I made out with Mad Rogan and I came. I had a mind numbing, life altering orgasm that I would remember until the day I died. And he didn't even take my clothes off. And I was like, oh, shit, when he takes her clothes off, it's about to get crazy. It's about to be crazy. <laughs> yes. First of all, uh, yes, I would be in for that in real life the closest to that i've ever gotten is like when you have a partner who's really great at dirty talk like where they mm-hmm. just work you up before they've ever laid one fucking finger on you and you're just like fuck man fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but i feel like usually it requires at least for me some sort of like i'm straddling them so i'm getting some pressure or i'm like sitting on their thigh like there has to be at least a little pressure for me it's like if you have your partner comes up behind you they come up behind you and they are talking in your ear they don't even have to touch Mm -hmm. it's like the hairs in my ear like start vibrating and that shit just Mm -hmm. like goes through your whole body that's it's my fucking favorite (laughs) like whispers in my ear is my fucking favorite i mean like oh yeah except okay except one time this one guy. I have a very, I have a much more sensitive neck than boobs. I tell my husband that all the time. I'm like, you could kiss my neck and scratch it with your whiskers. I said, that's all I need. Yeah. I said, you. I mean, you can grab your boobs for you. That's for you. That's for you. If you want to play with the, play with the girls, you play with the girls. But if you want me to get excited, then you just go back there and start kissing kiss my neck. Me, yes. And then we're gonna go go to pound town. The neck. The neck is a solid. It's a solid. You know. But for for me, like, so my neck is like super sensitive. But, like, I feel like you can betray my neck, right? So, like, if you just all of a sudden get super aggressive, my I'll, like, mm-hmm. flinch, like, like this. Mm. And once I do mm-hmm. that, I no longer want you near my neck. It's like my body just, it's like a hard shut off, mm. you know? Like, I don't know if you ever had somebody do that where they're, like, lightly kissing and it's all nice, whatever. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to, like, start biting in- aggressively, <laughs> like, whatever. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Shawnee, Shawnee, you have seen the hickeys on my neck. I am into that <laughs> oh. shit. <laughs> I just need it. I need the gradient, Go right? after it. I need it to be, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, not, like, one, okay. seven. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know? I don't mind. Everything for me I've discovered mind. recently is a warm-up, though. 
like everything. I think it's because like I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of triggers that come with fast movement. So like mm-hmm. if you were if you raise your hand near my face, I'll automatically pull. Or like if you come near my stomach, I'll automatically like flinch in. You know, and mm-hmm. when that happens, my body turns off and it no longer wants to be yeah. any sort of sexual. So I've discovered that mm-hmm. everything that I do requires some form of warm up. If you're going to touch my boobs, you got to touch other places first. You got to like start at the shoulders and work your way down, <laughs> you know, like some <laughs> other uh, facet of of things. So I didn't realize this until my partner was like, he's like, you re-, he's like, I really got to warm you up. And I'm like, that is very true. You do. <laughs> you got to go in slow. Unless, unless I'm the aggressor. Time. Unless I'm the aggressor. If I'm the aggressor, there's game time. Like, what what, what we what, what, right. what we playing right now? What, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. But that makes sense because when you're the aggressor, you're, like, in control of what's happening yeah. and, and what speed things are happening at and, yeah. and, and the pressure. And, and half the time like I'm that. ready. Either I haven't yeah. done anything in a while, so I'm, like, just horny as shit. Or, like, I've just finished masturbating and I'm, like... Round two. <laughs> <laughs> now let me go hop on your face for a minute. Let me hop on your dick for a minute. <laughs> I say that to my partner all the time. I'd be like, yo, can I just hop on for a second? <laughs> I've said that too. And the answer is always, sure. <laughs> Unless my husband's gaming, in which case he's like, get out of my room, mom. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that that kid reaction. Because when you're a kid, like your mom comes in the room and you're all embarrassed that your friends can hear them, like asking you a question. Yeah. Like that's when he's gaming. I can see him get that like visceral embarrassment. Yeah. Like, and then I'll hear him go like, that was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a grown ass man. Like I said, your non wife dog friends are probably like wishing they had someone who would give you a blowjob while gaming. They probably think that's Nirvana. Yeah. So all I'm trying to ask you is like, what do you want for dinner? I'm not, <laughs> not trying to like, not trying to get crazier. But he gets that like that. You know when you get hot in your yeah. neck when you're embarrassed by your parents <laughs> or something. I can see him getting, and then he, afterwards he's like, "Sorry, like he like knows it's crazy, but he just can't stop that visceral." <laughs> it's like a trigger. <laughs> trigger. It really is probably it's like a trigger. a trigger. Also, it's like mm-hmm. for me, gaming. There's a hyper focus, and if you break it, oh, yeah. if you break it, I will murder your family and your children. Like that's how. Oh yeah, he gets so mad because he always <laughs> dies like right away when I come in. <laughs> so fucking funny. Oh, like evil. I tell I'm people, evil. I'm like, I'm normally like a really pleasant person, but if you break my hyper focus like i don't know the mm-hmm. shawnee that comes out then like that shawnee is i call cave shawnee like i only throw meat <laughs> to her i leave her i don't we we keep the shutters closed we don't do we don't like, yeah. yeah you know that's why he games in the dark and wants to be in the basement he just wants to be in the basement creature <laughs> our basement's not even finished and he's already i'm like you can put you set up your gaming in the other half of this guest room like it's so big and we're not gonna have guests every day and um and he's like, no, I want to wait until the basement's ready. And I'm like, we don't even have a designer or an architect or a contractor. Like, we don't have a timeline. I was like, it could be more than a year. He's like, more than a year? I'm like, yeah, it's going to, it's an unfinished basement. It's going to take them months to finish this basement. And we haven't hired anyone. <laughs> we don't have a plan. We don't know what we even want down. Like, I was like, let's go like meet some friends and go in their basements and see what they got going on so we can see what we want in there. I was like, you're 
funny. He's like, I'm gonna wait. Honestly, like, all right, the, whatever. The funniest thing is care. to you. I relate so well to Bridget's husband, right? So like, I I always tell her that she has like a couple of Leos in her life. Her husband's name is Leo, mm-hmm. and I am a Leo, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I relate so hard to him because patience is not a thing that we own. It is like every year, like I name yeah. I name my year, right? So like this year is like my year of of collaborations, the year I want to work with other artists, like very specifically and intentionally, right? Um, but always there's a subcategory that I add. And for like the last five years, it's like, and learn more patience. Like <laughs> the year of collaboration and learning more patience. <laughs> like, every, yeah. every I mean, year. we haven't, we closed on our house, you guys. Hooray. But it has been less, it has been two and a half weeks since we closed on our house. And he's like, oh, this painting and stuff, everything's taking so long. And I'm like, we just bought this, <laughs> we just bought this house. Are you insane? I said, we have like a jillion cabinets. Like it takes a long time to sand them all and paint, prime them all and paint them all and put the hardware back. I'm like, it's going to take them a few weeks. And he's like, I don't understand why they're not done yet. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> because, uh, and I can, I can attest to this and anybody who's listening, if you can attest to this, please DM us because... So time does not exist. You told me like before, like, oh, we're doing X, Y, Z and they're going to move it to the apartment. And I'm like, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and move into the house. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then like a couple of days ago, I'm like, oh, I think they're all moved in now. They're all set, you know? And then you're like, <laughs> oh, I think by Friday we'll be done. I'm like, you guys aren't done? How much time has passed? I look at the calendar. I'm like, Sean, it's been like a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time I mean, does not exist. I, I want to move in too, but I'm like, we don't have sheets that are clean. Like we don't have paper. I was like, we don't have anything. We can't move in. Like I haven't. At this point, when we were talking about this, I was like, I haven't even bought dishes or anything or pots and pans or anything, let alone, like, what are we going to move in? There's going to be no furniture. There's going to be no beds. There's going to be no things. Like, we had to buy things because we sold all of our stuff in LA or gave it away. So it's like, he's just, he's just, it's just silly. I'm like, you're, so-. and then he's like, well, I'm annoyed that we can't use the kitchen. And I'm like, you could be at the apartment stuff. You want to be in the apartment. You didn't have to like. Start working here before I was ready for you to be here. Bridget says that because she knows it's a crazy, threat. Crazy she knows when she says, like, you can go back to the apartment. It's like on the third floor. Mm-hmm. He's got to walk up all these mm-hmm. stairs. It's a threat when she mm-hmm. says that. Hot <laughs> as fuck. I'm like, you could go back and leave me alone so I can finish. <laughs> it's like when your mom says, oh says like, like uh, you're like, oh, mom, I want to hang out in the house. And she's like, okay, but if you hang out in the house, you're going to have to clean. And then you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, actually, what I want to do is go for a walk to the grocery store to buy you groceries and maybe me some cookies. Yes. That's what I want to do. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> go, Mom, can you give me $5? I'll go get you some milk from the Altadena. <laughs> I'll go get you some milk and me some candy. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I should run an errand. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk, let's talk more about Mads. So, right. or Mad. I keep calling him Mads, but maybe his name is just Mad. Or Adam. So, um... How did you like the fact that this was at our, one of our first in a while single POVs? I love a single POV. I because it's mm-hmm. a single POV, I don't know how mad Mad Rogan is. Like, I don't yeah. know what he's capable yeah. of. And that's mm-hmm. actually what makes it exciting for me. Every time he does some bullshit, I don't yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's how far I go. He'll, he might even go further than that. Mm-hmm. If I knew what was in his mm-hmm. brain, I feel like it would have been so much duller of a story. I agree. So 
Yeah. Because in his brain, he would have been like, you would have already known. I mean, I'm assuming they're falling in love, but you would have been like seeing him being like, wow, she's so beautiful. And oh, I think she's a prime, but she doesn't know it. And like, you would have discovered all these things about her, which by the way, I'm assuming she's a prime and just doesn't know it. That's what, that's what I'm assuming. Because at one point she says like, you don't know anything because you're a prime and you, and he's kind of looks at her fun. Like the description of that sentence is like, he looks at her funny and then says, blah, blah, blah. So my assumption is that he already suspects that she's a prime and she doesn't know it. It's, it's weird because I'm wondering if it's like the last book we read (laughs) where her power is heightened by like the power of someone else she's with, like her the, the intensity mm. is magnified when she's like with other primes or with some other power. Uh, so I'm curious I don't think to know. So because I don't think so. I think the big thing is that she never actually trained or learned how to use it because they were hiding it. Mm. Because later when he's like explaining like magic to her and explaining how she could use her power and then they draw the circle and he's like sort of helping her harness the sort of elementalness of it. It's clear that the power is there for her, but he's not doing anything because that's not his power isn't to like amplify. I think she just never they were hiding it from everyone. And so she never went to school. She never learned any of the like symbols she should be using. She never practiced yeah, because she was never she was always hiding it. So she never like explored because I think she says to him at one point later in the book, she's like being kind of sulky and he's like what is wrong with you? And she's like, you know that feeling when someone explains something and you're like, I could have learned, like you did bad on a paper because you waited to the last minute and you're like, I could have done better. I'm mad. I'm not mad at you for pointing it out. I'm mad at myself for like not applying myself and trying and learning. Yeah. She's like, that's how I feel right now. Like I'm mad. I never, like, why didn't I ever try a spell at home? Why didn't I ever learn this shit? She's like, I always just thought all I could tell is if someone was, you know, telling the truth. So for me, that was it. Not that like, not that it's connected to him aside from that. He's going to help teach her how to use her power more. Yeah. yeah. Is my assumption in the next couple books. Also, there's, I liked that in this book, see, this is, was a big question I had. I was like, do I not like action adventure or do I not? I just not <laughs> like these unrealistic, like romantic moments that happen in action adventure. They give me anxiety, but like, I enjoyed mm-hmm. the action adventure of this book. And they never tried to, like, you know, make out in the most deadly moments of of existence. So I enjoyed very much the story. So I think it's not that I don't like a little action, you know, whatever, because that shit could be hot. I just don't like when people are, are impractical in their sexcapades. <laughs> <laughs> so did also- you not did you not like the fact that um uh, I was looking to see how many books are about their relationship and it's three and then book four and five are about um, one of her sisters. Um, did you not like that she kisses him to get him to come back down to earth when he's fighting the other guy at the end? So I thought it was a bit dramatic. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. but I actually accepted it. I did. I didn't, I didn't like, it didn't take away from me. It was just a little bit like, oh, is this like Beauty and the Beast now was, I know. Well, I like that she was, I like that she was like, (laughs) kind of like, yeah. Or like she is, you know, waking the princess from the sleep, you know? Yeah. Because he's, he's fighting Adam Pierce and Adam has, has gotten the artifact, which amplifies his power. And like, it's like a column of fire. And he builds like essentially like a column of concrete and buildings around the column of fire to contain it. And they're inside a protective circle. But when he's doing that, he like, loses sort of all his humanity and can't hear her and can't 
see anything. And she's worried that he's already beat Adam, but that he'll destroy the city anyways, because um, he's not like in the world basically anymore. He's like just in the power at the moment. So she uh, goes up to him and then kisses him with like everything she's got, you know, like all of her hopes and her fears and thanking him for saving her grandma and just all for the saving the city and all the things. And it's enough to like bring him back to sort of his consciousness so that he doesn't destroy the whole city. I thought it was over the top, but I also, I liked that when she realized he was out of it, she didn't try like other things. She, she was like, Oh, I know how to get him to connect to humanity. Like, I don't want to hurt him because that might trigger the power, like defensiveness. Like, I don't want to, she's like, I'm going to put my lips on his Oh, lips, I know. I'm, I'm going to give him a sed- boner. <laughs> I'm going to give him a kiss that ends all kisses. And he's going to know that I think he's great. And then we're going to save the world together. And I'm like, good for you. You know what's if interesting? If the world's ending, I would like to end it with a kiss. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I've thought about this. Um, so one of the things I think is interesting is that there's these uh, two major dudes in the book, right? So the first one is Adam Pierce, mm-hmm. who we get introduced to. Mm-hmm. And we just hear about Mad Rogan at first. So I didn't mm-hmm. know who this book was about. I didn't read the synopsis ahead oh, of time or okay. nothing. So I was like, are they, are they angling Adam to be? Like in the beginning, I thought, I was like, because I'm not sure. Because I'm like, I'm yeah, fairly certain a he's, dick. he's a dick <laughs> and a narcissist, you know? So the funny yeah. part was like, so when... When first of all, Mad Rogan's name is Connor, and that's so underwhelming to me. I just yeah. want I just want to say that. Yeah, uh, I was like Connor, yeah. really Connor? God damn. Uh, but anyways, so so when he was introduced, I was like, okay, he also seems like a dick. I was like, are her choices between two narcissists? I just was like really confused in the beginning how that was going to play out. Mm-hmm. But I liked, I think, to your point, those like endearing moments of his even though he's still doing some fucked up stuff like it was Mm -hmm. growth for his character like Mm -hmm. (laughs) for anybody else and also she and also she didn't like capitulate and forgive him for all that stuff after 250 pages oh no and like run off with him into a sunset that doesn't make sense like she was still at the end like okay yeah obviously i am lusting for you and like i think the sex would be bomb.com but like i don't think we would be equals like i think you would still think of me as less and and discard me when you were finished and then like what would i have left yeah and that like i thought that was great yeah i this is what i wrote in my notes i like that she's like yes the lust will be amazing but you kidnapped me and have no regard for rules or human life so no i'm not gonna run off with you into the sunset and then i wrote in all caps but also why not (laughs) (laughs) but you know what it reminds me of it's like i won't my brother used to say this all the time uh he used to say it in a very derogatory way. I'm going to just, I'm going to edit out some of what he said, but he used to say like, I'll fuck him, but I won't marry him, you know? And I kind of think that I'm like, well, we could bang a little, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm we don't got to buy but- a house together or make children with our yeah. traumas. You know what I'm saying? Like- <laughs> I mean, I, I, I definitely agree in real life. That's true. But in this case, she said like, I'll be consumed by you because it'll be so good that, It'll be something I like crave forever and then you'll be done with yeah. me. That was what I wrote at the Which, book. I wrote, I, I paraphrased kind of what you said, but she said, um, I would, so <clears throat> he said like, run away with me. And she was mm-hmm. like, I would matter to you only as long as I had some use 
And even then, I would be more of an object than a lover or a partner. You would use me, and when you were done with me, you would dismiss me like a servant, and I would have to pick up the pieces of my life, and I'm not sure there would be anything left. And I'm not sure there would be anything left of it by that point. So no, I won't go away with you. And I was like, mm-hmm. snaps, snaps. Snaps. Motherfucking snaps, I was, girl. I was there for that. I was like, yes. I I also like that right before that scene. So he defeats Adam in like a battle of magic, essentially. And then they go over and Adam has like completely drained all his magic and is just sort of laying on the floor in the middle of the circle he had created. And uh, Mad goes over and is like, you know, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? And Adam's kind of like out of it. And he's like, yeah, I guess I'm okay. And then Mad just punches him in the face. And he's like, are you feeling okay now? And he hits him again. And he's like, you asshole, you're not supposed to fight people and destroy innocent lives. That's not what we do as primes. What's wrong with you? You're an embarrassment to like our whole community, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, Rogan, that's enough. I grabbed him and pulled him off Adam. Adam rolled to his hands and knees. I kicked him as hard as I could right in the stomach. He fell and curled into a ball. You almost killed my grandmother. Use kids to deliver a bomb to my house. I kicked him again. Flirt with me now, you son of a bitch. See if I'm impressed. And I was like, and then behind me, Mad Rogan was laughing his head off. And I was like, that's my kind of girl. She's like, get off him. It's yeah. my turn. It's my turn now. <laughs> and then he has to, he literally has to like pick her up and drag her away because she's just like kicking the shit out of him. Yeah. I was like, that's. And then she like drags him over to his mother and she like kicks out the back of his knee so he's on his knees and she's like, I expect payment in full, motherfucker. And just like <laughs> throws him at her. And I was like, get it, girl. Get it. Get it. Yeah, there was a lot of good moments in this book, I felt like. I did mm-hmm. feel like this book for me, and maybe again, because it's a trilogy, this was not a romance. This was a fantasy book. This was fantasy. Yeah, this was fantasy yeah. with an itty bitty bit of romance. Like, that's how I felt about it. I feel like the later books will have more romance. Because, like, in the later book, you won't have as much time where they're apart in the beginning and, or, like, getting to know each other. They're obviously going to be thrown back together for to, like... Because at the end, you get, like, a little tidbit about who was the person behind the sort of, like coordination of all this bad stuff yeah. that was going on and mad is like oh, okay now i have two objectives i'm gonna bring this person down and i'm gonna get nevada yeah to like me and so i think book two will definitely i th- i think their relationship will be more of a focal point that's my guess anyways guys i haven't read it yet but that's my guess <laughs> if you've already if you've already read it you can feel free to comment on instagram and tell me if i'm right but well that feels right to me when you read it tell me because if there is some nookie in the second book i will read it if there's no nookie in the second book i'm not reading it this is not happening i just okay. i will mark I need some something to look forward for to you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but i think it speaks to the fact that i really actually did like this book because yeah I, it didn't have any Nikki, and I was like, still, still a pretty good book. And my Mad Mad Rogan, the Mad Rogan in my mind was hot as fuck. Like, hot as fuck. Hot as fuck. Yeah, the Mad sure. Rogan on the cover, fucking Dud, Dud McDutter. Such a disappointment. <laughs> All right, well, with that perfect circling back to the intro, Shawnee, well done. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back at you with our ratings. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. 
screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Now, Bridge, let's get back to the ratings. Yes. All right, Shani, let's start with our fair heroine, Nevada. What did you think? Uh, I gave Nevada a four. I was I was in between a four okay. and a five. Um, mm-hmm. And I gave her a four only because there were some moments where she felt slightly, like in her own mind, I was like, come on, Nevada. Um, but there weren't that many. So I think she was a solid four heroine. I loved her. I loved that she was, she was super competent. I loved that she was like, she didn't give into him. I love when he told her like they have to meet and he's like, well, her choices were like, I'll burn down your house or you meet me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, mm-hmm. okay, fine, I'll meet you. But even when she got to the <laughs> restaurant with him, he had planned like a booby trap for her and she's like, yeah, I'm not sitting there. That's not happening. You know, actually, I think yeah. I want to give her a five now because I really, I really enjoyed her. <laughs> I did, I did really enjoy yeah. her in this book. So I'll give her a five. You know, I'm going to give her a five Uh, because I've read so many books where the heroines were just so not competent. Um, And so I'm glad that she really was. What'd you give her? I also gave her a five. I like the protectiveness of the family. She was smart. She was gutsy. She didn't take shit from people more powerful than her. Like, I like that she was like, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're a dick. Yeah. (laughs) And I I liked that. I also like that she... You know, like she was very beaten up about the fact that she killed someone for the first time, but she didn't like let it break her. She was like, I'll do it again if I have to. Cause he was like, are you going to be able to pull the trigger again? And she's like, if I have to, I'm going to do it. She's like, I'm going to feel like shit afterwards when I, you know, think about it, but I'll do what I have to do. Yeah. So I like that about her. All right. What did you give a hero? I gave him a four. Because he did kidnap and torture her at the beginning. So that just immediately lost him some points. But then he also did listen to her and like respect her opinion and trust her. And I liked that, like, like, for instance, later in the book, um, his he had just hired a new guy and then they got into this crazy gunfight and that guy had a broken leg and he had broken ribs and she's driving and the guy's like, should I be driving? And he's like, no, she's got this. Like, I liked that he was constantly like, she can do this. Yeah. Always a turn on. And also like, he remembered the carnations and he, I liked that he was not trying to make her guess as to his feelings for her. He was like, I want you. Yeah. And I know you want me. And like, while I think obviously he needs a little bedside manner, I liked that he wasn't leading her on and making her think like, oh, maybe he thinks likes me or maybe he wants me. It, she was like, well, fuck, he definitely wants me, but I don't want and I want him but I don't want to want him because yeah. he's clearly a psycho. And so I liked I liked that he was like straightforward with his, you know, his desire. You know what him. I really enjoy about like what you just described? So like in real life, I encounter this a lot, right? So like... um. Just because you have feelings for someone doesn't mean you mm-hmm. have to act on those feelings. And I mm-hmm. I watch a lot of people around me go, well, I'm so obsessed with them. I have to tell them. Or they're married, but that doesn't matter. Like, my feelings trump the fact that said person is married. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, certain things like that, right? And I have a lot mm-hmm. of guys in my life over a great period of time, including right now, it's a situation I'm navigating, which is like, uh, guys will have crushes on me or they'll like me a lot. And honestly, in my brain, I'm like, totally would love to bone you. 
that will be a disastrous situation. Like, or that will cause problems that dramas that I'm not really wanting to navigate, right? Or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you know what I do? I don't do anything. (laughs) Like I I don't, because I don't want that drama in my life. And I feel like I would like more people. Or you can even acknowledge it and be like, because I I was in a situation not while I'm married, but a long time ago. And I remember saying to them, like, yes, I want you and you want me. And that's wonderful. Like, what a great feeling to be wanted and to want someone in return. We're not doing anything, though. Yeah. So we're not going to cross that line. That line is there for a reason. And we're not going to go across that line. And he was like, yeah, that makes sense. And we just and we, we, you know, stayed friendly and. And nothing ever came of it. Like we were always happy to see each other and flirt and like enjoy that sort of like tension and let like in that that sort of thing that's in the air when you have chemistry. But no big deal. We just yeah. were like, hey, also never gonna happen. Wait, that thing that's in the air when you have chemistry, when you never act on it, that shit so much is better. So much better. It is so much better than yeah, than great. getting into something could ever really be. And so. Yeah. I enjoy that space. I enjoy that space much more than actively getting into some sort of yeah. situationship or anything else like that. Anything that's going to bring any sort of drama to my life, I avoid ten thousand percent. I I remember my friend. 100%. I remember. I remember I was online dating and I was part of these bands, and so there was like a lot of groupy people. And my buddy was like, "Why are you online dating? Look at all the people who come back from after the show. Just pick one." And I was like, "Nah, dog." Um, I want my pool to be nowhere near this pool. <laughs> People. Mm-hmm. I- <laughs> yeah. Or, or like, I want, you know, someone to just like want me for, I mean, that might've been fun for like a one night stand every once in a blue moon, but not for like someone you're going to date. Yeah. Like that would be super weird. I was like, no, I just, I, I actively and pretty religiously will not date within a pool of people that I work with. Like, even if I, mm-hmm. even if there's chemistry, even if there's like, the most amazing whatever. I just won't do it. A friend of mine, when I used to work at an office, had at two different companies, like met someone that she really liked and started dating them. And one of them, she said, was like super hot because they were, it was like clandestine. So they would like make out in the copy room or in the supply closet. Like it was like classic, like TV shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. First of all, I would never do that. <laughs> Secondly, how fun. <laughs> and thirdly, like I've never worked someone, worked someone, worked somewhere where I wanted to like have sex with someone there. Yeah. Like I've never, I just like coincidentally have never been in off, like, especially in like an office setting, like all my office jobs, I never had anyone that I was like, oh, like I want you so much, which I was sad about. Like I wanted to have that, yeah. like, will they, won't they tension in my life every day. Like, oh, they're bringing me a coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I'm going to sip it just because, like, you're so cute. <laughs> Never happened to me. But you, so I always wanted to have a boy next door, too. Yeah. Because that's, like, such a classic movie thing to happen. I was always, like, hoping that someone would move in next door <laughs> who I could be in love with. It just never happened, though. I uh, <laughs> First of all, my mom would never have even let a boy next door come anywhere near, <laughs> near our door. <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's the true. whole like boy next door uh, thing is like such a fantasy in my mind as a kid, like an obtainable, unobtainable fantasy. I feel like there was a chance for you. There was like zero, zero there was a chance. chance for me, for sure. Um, for sure. But I, I broke my rule one time in college and um, be, I was in a theater department and I was like, I'm definitely not dating anybody in this theater department. Right. But me and this guy hit it off and he wanted to date. And I was like, I will date you if we tell no one. Like if 
that like no one knows because every time someone would date and break up and date and break up, it's like a it's like a little weird incestuous like you know pool of shit. Um, so for like over a year, we were dating that no one knew except one guy who like ran into us on the street, right? No one in our department knew, and and this guy didn't tell mm-hmm. anyone. Um, and it came like the funny like those zany moments that happen like in movies happened to us because. People wanted to date either one of us, and so they would do crazy shit in front of in front of our partner, essentially, like hit on us in front of each other, which was always mm-hmm. pretty funny. And I distinctly remember there was this girl who was super hypersexual, and she always thought that there was no guy in existence that she couldn't get. And so we were all in this like theater circle where we're doing like some sort of um, exercise that they always make you do some sort of dumb exercise, and. You had to ask someone a question in the circle. So my partner and I are both in the circle. And she looks at him and she's like, do you want to fuck me? Right? And the quickness of which he answered no. And so matter of factly, I, it took every, it's like, I tried really hard not to just die laughing, but I just died. I, I just died right died there. Laughing. I just, I mean, I saw her little I heart. Died. I broke her little heart with my left. No. <laughs> I either would have been laughing or I'd have been making this. I was like, this is so amazingly awkward and hilarious. <laughs> but I always remember that there was just always these funny moments because nobody knew. And when I finally told my like um, advising professor, uh, he was like, you could have told me you spoke fucking Chinese and I would have believed you faster than this situation. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. that's how good we were. <laughs> All right. What did you think of our hero? What did you give him? Uh, our hero, I gave a four um, for pretty much the same reasons you do. I actually wanted to give him a five because I thought he was terrible to start and he actually grew. And that's mm-hmm. usually the meter of of like yeah. how I rate them. Yeah. Um, but, but I was like, he wasn't quite there yet. He didn't, he didn't get there. He wasn't there. quite there. Maybe in book two. Maybe, in, five, maybe yeah. in book two. But you know what? Really quickly, I'm really interested to see what uh, Jane thought about this book Um. real quick. Yes. Uh yes. <laughs> so I actually I liked it. Um there were some silly things that I thought were silly. Um but I am definitely into the slow burn. I think that they like had their relationship develop well. I think their chemistry was good. There's a good part where at the end um when she like kisses him and, and knocks him out of the trance and it says he he grabs her and is like, speak to me, speak to me. And she opens her eyes and she's like, I hate you. And he's like, okay. And he like goes over and he's like, you're fine. I thought that was like a funny like little part the relationship <laughs> like <laughs> connected that way for me. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I'm a good, good book. I would say like a three, a solid three. <laughs> nice. nice. Very nice. Bridget. Johnny, did you, I said he was a McHurricane me. <laughs> <laughs> I call them a make. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, I would say for classy to nasty, like I, he definitely had like a little bit of dirty talk going, and there were a hot kiss or two. And I think eventually it'll be real steamy, but no consummation. Yeah, I would. I would agree with you. It has the potential for being real steamy, and I I mm-hmm. hope it is because then I would be really disappointed if it wasn't. I'd be like, what all this talk like. Yeah. The hell? <laughs> yeah. Based on the way she wrote the scenes, like the scene where she kisses him and like feels him moving down her body, I'm like, oh, she can write a sex scene. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna just hazard a guess that it's gonna be pretty good. I hope so. 
I hope so. You can, you know, you could do Bridget. You could read it and just tell me like what chapter that happens in. I will. Be I'll mark some chapters for you. <laughs> you know, I will. Um, okay. So my favorite reviews from Anne, and Anne said. Uh, which I thought her review was hilarious. She gave it four and a half stars. And she said her first thing was hideous cover alert. <laughs> I was laughing. Sorry. I refuse to blame Andrews for this redonkulous looking cheese fest, but I wish that whoever's in charge of this sort of thing at Avon would get a clue. This looks like the sort of thing I've come to expect from crappy PNR, not urban fantasy. This cover doesn't say kick-ass story between these pages. It says uh, Fabio-ish romance inside. Well, guess what? They don't have sex in this book. The folks who are hoping for a little thinks that the cover will be disappointed. And the people who don't want mindless PNR, not that there's anything wrong with it, are going to bypass this book altogether. Even I put off reading it and I'm a fan of Alana Andrews, so I should know better. That's the power of a bad cover, people. Yeah, that's pretty solid. That is, I mean, it's pretty solid. This cover was terrible. She goes, she goes on to say that she really liked the book, but, uh, <laughs> but you won't ever pick up yeah. the book because of the cover. And she's got a great point. I would have looked past this so quickly. Yeah. I would have been like, eh, it doesn't look that good. Yeah. Um, I had one other favorite line in the book. I think, um, oh, tell me. Ilona Andrews can really write dialogue. I, I like her dialogue mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so this is the, when Connor, <laughs> Mad Rogan, was with her family, like one of the first times he was with her family. And they're all talking mm-hmm. about it. He says something about how he was born because his bloodline, you know, they needed his bloodline. And so one of her um, her family members says, uh, so so Mad Rogan says, you were probably conceived because your family loved each other. And then one of them chimes in, he's like, according to our mother, he was conceived because she was wasted and forgot to remember a rubber. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I was like, that really sets the tone for the family. Like, it really gives you a yeah. really great snapshot at, like, what kind of family they come from. Yeah. And, like, mom's a sniper, and she's at the dinner table, like, you threaten my daughter again, and I will put a bullet in your brain from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, grandma builds, like, tanks and artillery weapons for the military. Like, yes. so good. And then my uh, favorite review, which I couldn't really find, like, probably the best review that I wanted, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I read this wrong, but I personally wouldn't consider this a romance. I think it was a paranormal suspense book with a slight romance thread. It definitely wasn't what I was expecting, as I read a few reviews claiming that they were a great couple and the romance was high. I feel like I read a totally different book if that was the case. <laughs> oh, well, as far as rom- <laughs> as far as far paranormal suspense, I thought the world building and storyline was intriguing enough to finish the book without the romantic element. Um, and that's that's how I yeah. felt. I was like, oh, this is yeah. oh, okay. I think I think people are saying my my hunch is that people are saying this is a great romance because books one, two, and three at the end, at the end. is a great romance altogether. Yeah. Not that book one itself by itself is a great romance, but that the arc of their romance is great. Yeah. That's my assumption, That's anyways. Because we did have a ton of our dear friends on Instagram recommend this book. Um, but they had of course read the whole series. Now I feel like I have to read the whole series because I'm like where is the love? Like I want to, and also where is it going? Yes, there's a lot of things you know. And I like, I like the action, political. Things. I like the action scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I thought they were well written. I, I thought the description of like the primes of each house, like the the ruling sort of member of each house, was funny. So he's he meets the guy who holds her company, who like owns her company, and mad. And him have like history and they like are choking each other and like about to like rip her house down. She's like, cut it out. What is wrong with you two? But then later she goes up and they're at the office and he goes, oh no, that was personal. This is business. We don't fuck with business. Like, 
we're going to help each other now because this shit's bad for business and we don't do things that are bad for business. And I was just like, I thought, okay, like there were so many good little nuggets throughout the book like that, where it really established like the importance each family has over each other and also what their sort of worldview was. Well, dear listeners, you'll be unsurprised to know that I'm going to read the next book in this series and I will let you know. Dear patrons, I know I'm behind on all of my Patreon reviews, but know that they are coming since I am now mostly moved into my house. So they're going to be coming fast and furious, <laughs> pun intended, at you. I'm excited for this. I'm excited. Um, but what did you give the overall book, Bridge? I would say four. I thought it was a solid fantasy. I liked it. Like, I didn't think it was like run of the mill. I thought the, like, again, like the world was strong and I was like into the magic and into the, like her figuring out her place in the world and her navigating all these more powerful elements to try to like juggle, like keeping her family alive and finding this guy and not dying herself. And I thought it worked, worked for me. Nice. I gave it a three. Uh, I thought it was a solid book. I really love the characters. But for me, in this book itself, it didn't give me the things I want in my romance. So, yeah, that's fair. Solid three. That's fair. Yeah. Like, I guess if I was rating it on, like, is it romantic? It would be a three. But is it a good book? I would give it a four. Yeah. It is a good book. I will because say that. I would recommend. They, I, I would recommend to read. Just know that you got to be invested not in reading the next yeah. couple of books. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love a trilogy. I love a fantasy trilogy. I love a fantasy series. I love lots and lots of books. And so um, I love a trilogy as long as they're all out. If they're all out, fine. <laughs> but don't, I don't get me reading a book and they're like, coming 2024. No. And I'm like, fuck you and your family. I like that. That drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> Drop those kids at that the babysitter. That to me all <laughs> the time. And I'm trying so hard these days to be slightly more conscientious but then just like everyone i get sucked in by the beautiful cover and the good descriptions and i'm like but i need to read it now (laughs) and then it takes me a day or maybe two and then i'm like when's the next one come out and then i'm like in a year from now how dare you you know what (laughs) how dare you get me so excited (laughs) you know what i kind of wish like authors uh got together like all these paranormal authors who are at the same level right so they have a lot of the same Mm -hmm. readership that crosses over they get to together and they mm-hmm. schedule their books out for the year so that somebody's book is coming out like every month like every month you know so that it gives them I mean, they kind of they kind of do that because they i mean i don't think the authors are doing it i think their publishers are doing it mm. where they're like oh is there gonna be for instance an alana andrews book on september 7th okay well we're gonna wait till october 10th because they want to get you know they don't want to like compete for the the Instagram traffic or the book reviewer traffic and yeah. stuff like that. So they do, they do tend to like spread things out, but it's just like my problem right now. And in general, always, it's just like, there's so many good books coming out <laughs> and I haven't been reading really in the last two weeks or three weeks because there is nowhere comfortable to sit at this apartment. We're renting. The couch is incredibly uncomfortable. The bed is uncomfortable and it just doesn't make me want to read if I have nowhere to sit. <laughs> and so I just bought this rec- this used recliner, which is in my office um, at my new house. And I read the book there and I was like, sweet baby, I love reading again. <laughs> like, all I needed was a comfy chair. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm excited because in, you know, like a week, the majority of my moving in-ness will be over. 
And then I can get back to like the 25 books that I've been waiting to read and all the reviews that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's my little closet recording studio. I'll be all set up. I'll be like a real girl again. A real girl. Living in a real house <laughs> with real furniture. I um, I feel like you can relate to this by like kind of what you just said. So we have been purging uh, our home, right? Which is a big warehouse space. We've just been purging. Mm-hmm. We want to get like a down to like almost nothing at the bottom of it. It's like a warehouse loft. Mm-hmm. So we have these couches that are oversized and they're not the most comfortable and they were gifted to us. Um, and so we were talking about like getting rid of them um, at some point. And so a f- <laughs> so my partner comes home and he says like, oh, I have a friend who'll take the couches, right? And I was like, like when? He's like, well, like now, right? And I was like, where are we going to sit? Like, <laughs> like, and in his mind, like, sometimes I feel like guys are like this, you know, in his mind, he's like, oh, we, we're getting rid of them. I have someone who will take them. Mm-hmm. Boom. That makes sense. And in my mm-hmm. mind, I'm like, no, we're going to get couches that fit our house properly. And when we get said couches, we will then give these couches away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you're stressing me out, man. Yeah. 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 We, uh, one of the neighbors at our new house across the street was getting rid of like an old couch. I had like a rip in it. And she's like, she's like, it's not that nice, but if you want it, like you can have it for free. I was just going to put it out on the curb. And I was like, we have nowhere to sit. We'll take it. Even if it's for just like two weeks or three weeks, at least there's somewhere to sit in our house (laughs) other than the floor, (laughs) which is currently where I am sitting on the floor because there are no chairs in my Uh, house. I was like, so I was like, yeah, I'll just put it out on the curb in two weeks because we found a you know, yeah, Facebook Marketplace couch. Yeah, my, my part, when I said to him, like, yo, where are we going to sit? He goes, we have dining chairs. Oh, my God. Bridget, Bridget I'm, I looked at him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you do that. Is yeah. you dumb? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you so like, smart okay, sometimes. Where am I going to sometimes... sit comfortably and breed? <laughs> Obviously, that's what I wanted to know. My husband is making fun of me for getting uh, my chair. Yeah. And he's like, he doesn't really like recliners. I think recliners are incredibly comfortable. But he goes, he's like, why did you just buy this chair? And I was like, I need somewhere to sit and breathe. And he's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You do. (laughs) I was like, I've been so unhappy. I need somewhere to snuggle. (laughs) I need a comfy chair. Oh, my God. So funny. All right, you guys. This has been a great day, y'all. It has. I enjoyed seeing your face. I've been missing you. Like I enjoyed seeing your face too. I miss you. (laughs) Like time is nothing. What's where's Bridget? We haven't had any hangout time either. Also, you guys, we are fucking glistening, both of us, because it is hot as balls in our offices, and we are shiny and beautiful right now. Super shiny. (laughs) So shiny. All right. Well, we miss you all too. Make sure you drop us a line on the old Instagram and say hello and get ready because we are halfway through a very short fantasy season we're doing this time and then for shawnee's birthday we're doing some historicals so get your mind thinking about some historic recommendations so that we can have a little pomp and circumstance at the end of the summer (laughs) that's my thing that's my thing right there (laughs) all right well until then may your books be your lover and your hands your best friend Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.